Genesis 13 and 10. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. <clears throat> Thank you, Brother Hennigan. Praise the Lord. I don't lose my little book in there. That's my brain. Okay, I don't know where I'm supposed to be after a while unless I look in that book. <coughs> now, I'm going to do something today that I'm smart enough to know that I shouldn't do. <laughs> okay? Or I'm going to use a subject. I'm going to say that. I'm not, not that I'm going to do something. I'm just going to use a subject. That I am, uh, and I don't want this to sound facetious or uh, egotistical or whatever. Uh, I'm smarter than to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay, I, I've got more intelligence than this, but I'm going to violate my own intelligence. <clears throat> and I'm going to use a subject today that uh, probably would be best if I didn't use it. Okay? Because it's a buzzword. It's not a it's not an old word, it won't be around long. And you know, buzzwords are usually kind of goofy. They come on the scene and they leave and they buzz in and buzz out and buzz off. But people people get them and they that becomes a part of their vocabulary. And and in all honesty it is it is uh, really improper. In, in the world of speaking, and especially so in the world of writing, to use buzzwords, to use cliches of the moment. Because uh, if your work lasts, the next generation won't even know what you're talking about. So if, if ten years down the road or five years, or for some of you five minutes from now, or some of us, if you look at the name of this sermon, you're going to say, well... What in the world? I don't, there ain't nothing Bible about that. That sounds like a nursery something to me. So, and I, I, so if, 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 I wouldn't recommend trying to sell this on the title, okay? Because it, the title is, it just won't fly. <clears throat> now, I got some of you worried and I got some of you anxious. But I'm just being, I'm explaining myself, okay? And I'm going to try to teach a little bit today by the help of the Lord. And I'm going to, I'm going to make two or three extreme turns in this sermon. So stay with me when I turn and then I'll try to bring it all together somewhere down the road. I'm going to talk to you a little bit today about bundling. Bundling. Now, you've probably read this term in the newspaper. <clears throat> hadn't read it in the Bible, so don't look in your concordance. It's not in the Bible. But I want to talk about bundling. Now, bundling is a modern buzzword 
that uh, by and large come out of the Microsoft Corporation lawsuit by the Attorney General's office. Because Microsoft, which is a uh, which is an IBM compatible type computer program uh, that involves the Windows program and many, many other programs, <clears throat> Microsoft, which is one of the largest technology companies or probably, or it may even be the largest technology company in America, has been accused in the courts and has gone through uh, a tremendous amount of legal expense in defending the fact that they are not involved in bundling. <clears throat> and so there's been a big fight on. It's not altogether settled yet. There's another big fight going on with the Securities and Exchange Commission on the same thing, bundling. And what it simply means is that <clears throat> Microsoft has got such a market and such a corner on the market for so many things that they are selling under one name and under one brand and under one program. Now you can buy, you can buy one little Microsoft program, and I've got one or two of them. Don't know how to operate most of them. But I'm telling you, they got everything in there from how to wash dishes to dehorn cows almost. And it's all on one program. I mean, they've got dictionaries. They've got bookkeeping systems. They've got games. They have got uh, word processors. They have got all kinds of things. And all you've got to do is buy one little program. And you've got it all. Now, I'm not picking on Microsoft. <clears throat> Bill Gates is bigger than I am and got more money than I've got. Bless his heart. I wish he'd get the Holy Ghost in Gina and pay tithes in Gina <clears throat> on all present and past earnings. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Don't y'all wish you'd do that? No, you wish you'd get the Holy Ghost in Natchitoches. Don't say that. <laughs> you know where you want him to get it at, brother. Well, yeah, I know what you mean. But uh, but bundling is a big issue nowadays. Just just everything that you can get under one program, get it in there, and we'll sell it to you for one price. And it's not very expensive. I mean, and, and am I telling the truth? Now, I don't know much about this stuff. But you can buy a carload of stuff on, on just one little program. And all of this stuff amazes me how that you can get so much data and so much information and so much of all of this stuff. And it's a one little tiny disk or maybe two or three disks, and man, it's got thousands of words and millions of words and all kinds of stuff, and it just gets absolutely amazing after a while. Uh, but, but they say that this is illegal. The courts say that you cannot put so much stuff together because you are destroying competition, and you are putting other people out of business, and there's no use in anybody else being in the technology business because you can just buy one program from Microsoft, and you've got everything that everybody else sells. And so you shouldn't be doing that. So Microsoft's been in a big fuss <clears throat> that they've got the right to do all of that. Now, uh, I'm not much into either one of these deals, 
But that's what the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, has been after some of the big uh, national and multinational corporations in America about is bundling. <clears throat> and uh, especially Elliot Spitzer in New York has fined the, some of the largest financial institutions in the world a tremendous fine into the billions of dollars, such as Chase Manhattan and uh, Morgan Stanley and Merrill Lynch and uh, whoever, and I'm not picking on any of them, I'm not judging it here in this sermon today, I'm just telling you about it, okay? And uh, I don't have a material interest in either one of these things, but I'm just simply saying that this is the big fight, this is the big deal. And, and, and Elliot Spitzer says, and the SEC says, that you cannot sell mutual funds, and you cannot be a broker, and uh, you cannot sell stocks, and you cannot give analysis, and you cannot sell mutual funds, and you cannot sell insurance, and you can't sell banking privileges, all in one package. You've got to separate it and decide what kind of business you want to be in. And so <clears throat> the fight is going on. Bundling. It's a big problem. <clears throat> big problem. Pardon me. Now, you say, well, Brother Coon, well, this is not Morgan Stanley and this is not Microsoft. This is the Louisiana camp meeting. This is an apostolic church. This is Jesus' name church. What in the world has all of that junk got to do with us? Well, I just picked up a little buzzword. <clears throat> As I told you and decided that I would uh, maybe talk about it a little bit. Now, I want to tell you the devil is a master he is a past master at what Microsoft and all of these other folks are doing. He's a master at bundling. Amen, amen. <clears throat> now I want you to notice something here. <coughs> Pardon me. In our lesson today about Lot. Now, we all know the story of Lot. And I'm not going to uh, belabor the point too much here about Brother Lot. <coughs> except for the fact that on this occasion, Abraham is, and his herdman, actually it's the herdman that is in a dispute with Lot's herdman. And uh, they're in this big fuss about uh, the grass and the water and all of this. And so Abraham tells Lot, he said, here's the whole land before you, and uh, you choose it. And whichever way you go, I'll go the other direction. And so Lot, the Bible says, he lifted up his eyes. He looked across the plain of Jordan. It was well watered everywhere. This was before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And here's what the Bible said it was like. He said it was even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou goest down unto Zoar. And so he lifted up his eyes, and he saw all of this. And he got to thinking. <clears throat> and he said, this is where I want to go. Now, let me make a little turn here. Uh, he said, that looks like the garden of the Lord down there. Now, I think all of us would agree that the garden of the Lord, in his mind, was the garden of Eden. Now, understand, as much as the world hates creationism, they still allude to Edenic paradises. Am I right or am I wrong? The world has never got away from Eden even 6,000 years later. We haven't gotten Eden out of our system yet. Amen. You know, you get to talking about something and it's say, like, oh man, it, 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 it's, it's like going back to Eden. It's Edenic. 
It is, it is a marvelous place. It's like the garden of the Lord. And so, you know, even, even the evolutionists, even the modern uh, agnostics today, they talk about things that are edenic. Some island, some, <clears throat> some remote area. And uh, it's like going back into ancient time, into an area where there was peace and there was tranquility and there was the absence of trouble and the absence of the devil and the absence of sin. Oh, we like to go back to that sometimes. And Lot looked and he said, you know, that resembles that place that I've heard about so very, very much. Okay. <clears throat> now, stay with me a minute. And uh, this is, and I'm, uh, I want you to get the story. <clears throat> now understand where Lot come from. You know, uh, if, if, any, if, if geography and demographics is correct, and they are, <clears throat> it is very conclusive that Lot grew up in the proximity of the early Garden of Eden. He wasn't very far from there. And uh, he, he come from the land of the Ur of the Chaldees. He was a nephew uh, of Abraham, obviously. Now, I want you to think about something for just a minute. Now, uh, I'm not going to give you a bunch of stuff like I gave you yesterday, but I'm going to give you just a little bit of stuff. Now, I want you to think about this. Now, Adam lived in that garden of the Lord, and then he got put out of it. <clears throat> now, let me show you something. These fellows lived a long time, and did you know that Adam overlapped... Methuselah's life by 243 years. Now, think about that. <clears throat> now, you just think about Brother Whitehead. I might use you a little bit today. You come up here. Come on, just put your Bible down. And, uh, and you, Methuselah, you kind of look like him anyway, I think, <clears throat> in his later years. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, I told Brother Whitehead one time, Years ago, I said, Brother Whitehead, you know, you look more like a coon than I do. And I look more like a whitehead than you do. Why don't we trade names? <laughs> he won't trade with me, rascal. But you're Methuselah, okay? okay. And I'm Adam. <clears throat> and, and we run into each other along the road somewhere. And uh, oh, you about 700 years old when we meet up somewhere in that range. I'm... Uh, I'm six, seven hundred years old myself. Run into him and they say, you, you, you Methuselah, huh? I'm, I'm Adam. And uh, don't ask me about my mama now. I didn't have no mama. <laughs> and don't be asking about my mother-in-law either, okay? I didn't have no mother-in-law, okay? <laughs> and I imagine Methuselah looked at Adam and said, well, you didn't have no mama. Where'd you come from, brother? <laughs> and he said, well, let me tell you this story, Methuselah. Now, I, I know it's going to be a little hard to believe. But, you know, I just woke up one day a grown man. With no women around. With nothing around but a bunch of goats and hogs and chickens and camels. Did nothing look like me. And, uh, you know, it's the most wonderful place I've ever been all my life. And, uh, <laughs> hallelujah. Now, y'all think I'm making all this up, but it's, it's kind of like it was, you know. It's about as near as you could tell it. You wasn't there either. So, 
I got to try to kind of imagine something. Me and Brother Methuselah here, we walking along. I tell him about it. Methuselah says, hmm, come on, Methuselah. Quit dragging around. And I, he, he told me, he said, you know, it was the funniest thing ever happened to me. And he said, since then, I've seen a lot of babies born. And I've uh, seen a lot of stuff. But my, I don't, it, it just happened. I just woke up one day, and here it was. And, uh, you know, the next funny thing, you ain't going to believe this either. I, I thought I was taking a nap one day. And I went to sleep. I don't know how long I slept. But I woke up, and there was a woman there. Special K woman. <laughs> Hallelujah. And Methuselah said, oh, Adam, my God, man, you've lost your ever-loving mind. He said, no, I'm telling you the truth. He said, man, you should have been there. There was rivers. There was gold. There was a tree there that was the tree of life. He said, now, I don't mean to be ugly, but he said, you know, I didn't know this, but I was naked as a jaybird. And that special K woman was worse than that and on that box, too. <coughs> but it didn't bother either one of us. And, you know, but the, but the fun thing about this, now I'm going to tell you something, the fun thing about this is, now I know Methuselah is hard for you to believe. You're an old man, but I wouldn't lie to you for nothing. See, look at this gray hair. I've been around a long time. That's six, seven hundred years ago. And, you know, the funny thing about it is, the Lord, come, the God of heaven, Come down and walk with us. Talk with us. Man, you you have never, I'm telling you, Methuselah, you ain't never seen nothing like it. Oh, it's the most fantastic thing you've ever seen. Man, there was no pain. I had never shed a tear. I don't know how long we was in there, but man, I never had a trouble in my life. I never had any pain. We had the best thing going you've ever seen in your life. You, you just, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe what it's like. And so they'd walk around, they'd talk about that. Methuselah would ask him questions. And, and they'd talk about this stuff. And now you just get this, all you old codgers. 243 years. Now, you reckon how many times they sat around on a stump or a bench and they whittled and they spit, and Methuselah would say, Adam, tell me about that garden again. Oh, man, that's the most fun thing you ever seen. I'd give anything if I could go back to it. Man, there's something. And, uh, you know, the Lord walking down through there and talking to us every day. Wasn't any rain. Wasn't any clouds. We didn't have any young'uns. And you could pet all the animals. Had tigers for house cats. It's true. They weren't they scared of nothing. You know, animals didn't get scared of people until after the flood. You say, well, you sure do know a lot. You wouldn't even back there. That's in your Bible. Am I right? It's in your Bible. So he said, man, I petted them old tigers. Scratched him lines on the head. Eve sitting there with that pretty hair. 
And uh, she's a good-looking gal. But, you know, one day was was in that place, and the Lord come down and said, Now, Adam, I want to tell you and that woman something. said, You can eat anything you want in this garden. And boy, you talk, you're talking about fruit. You're talking about anything we want. Now, Methuselah, I'm just telling you, because it's something. We had everything we wanted. Not a trouble, not a worry. But God come down and talk with us every day of our lives. And uh, he told us one day that we shouldn't ever eat of one tree in that garden. It's a tree of knowledge of good and evil. But I want to tell you, I don't have to tell you this now, Methuselah. I will just tell you something about these, these aggravating women. That's what messed me up. Was that, that woman. I come in one day. And she noticed I was naked. She had never mentioned it before. And she said, Adam, I got something I want you to eat. And he said, Old dumb me, I eat it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I'm still in the book. I'm just telling it so y'all can understand it. So Methuselah, it was, a, it was the greatest thing you ever saw. Me and that woman got messed up. And God come down there and told us. He said, I, and he said, I hid behind a bush. And he told Methuselah that. He said, Methuselah, I got behind some bushes over there, but God, he found me. He knew where I was at. And he said, you know what the Lord did? He throwed us out. And he put angels. I've tried to get back over there lots of times, Methuselah, and I couldn't. God put some angels out there with swords, it turns every way. In fact, let, I tell you what, one day ask me and you walk over and let me show you where it's at. Let's go over there. You know, we've been talking here about 150 years, and he says, I'd like to see that spot. So we go off over there. I said, Methuselah, now let me tell you something. I, you know, it's been a long time since I was over. It's been six, seven hundred years. It's probably all grown up in bushes now. But somewhere along, about along in here, somewhere right in here, is where that garden was at. Boy, you, I'm telling you, we messed up when we left there. And so he told him this. He, talk, he talked to him for 243 years. And then one day, me and Brother Methuselah, we walking around, and Brother Adam gets old, and he dies. And uh, so Methuselah, he gets to thinking about it. He said, you know that old man, he told me that all them years. He said, I, I really don't believe he was lying, old rascal. He was old, but I don't think he had Alzheimer's disease. And... Uh, so Methuselah, he kept on living, and uh, so after after a while, here comes Noah along, and he has some boys. And Methuselah, he gets all excited about this story. Now you excited about this story? Okay, come on. You just hang with me here, buddy. <clears throat> and and he and Methuselah, he goes out and he starts telling folks, and and he runs into Shem. Now Shem's one of Noah's boys. And he gets Shem, and he said, Shem, come here, boy. He said, man, I want to tell you something. He said, now, I, I, I now understand I wasn't there, but I want you to sit down here. Now, you've you got to sit down because you may fall out if you, if you ain't sitting down. Let me tell you something. Now, this is an old man told me this. You understand? He is old, old, old. He's about seven, 800 years old when he told me this. But I'm, I want to tell you something, Shem. He told me for 243 years. From the first time I run into him till he died was 243 years. And every time I'd run into him, we'd talk about this garden. 
It's, it's back over yonder. It ain't, it ain't far over. I'll take you over and show you kind of where it's at sometime. You get time. You get a little older and you might remember it. And so Methuselah, he told, <clears throat> he told Shem about it for all of those years. And, of course, wasn't too long. Shem, he got up pretty good-sized boy. And come on. Well, we gotta, you got to stay with me here. And, uh, and, and, and Shem got to listening to that. And he said, man. That garden of the Lord, that sounds like a wonderful place to me, man. And uh, now understand, this is, just, this is just word of mouth, and it hadn't gone very far. Adam told Methuselah, and Methuselah told Shem. And Shem, he wandered around there, and they talked about it for close to 100 years. My God, man, they was, they was talking about that garden. <clears throat> and so uh, Shem, he lived a long time, and after a while, uh, when he was 98, Methuselah died. He went to his funeral. He was nothing but a boy. Shem wasn't at 98. And he went to he went to old cousin Methuselah's funeral. And he looked at him and laying up there on a the board. He said, "Now, old man, I sure loved you. I think about the most interesting thing you ever told me is about that garden back over yonder. I'm gonna try to go over and find it one day." And so Shem, he got all excited about that garden. And he run into a fella one day. <coughs> and he said, hey, come here, come here, come here, come here. I got something on tape. And he said, now, you Abraham, is that right? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm Shem. Noah's my daddy. And uh, I got something on tape. Now, an old, old, now, I'm telling you, this guy was old. I mean, he was, boy, he had wrinkles, more wrinkles. He's old cousin. In fact, he said he was 900-something years old, right before he died. But uh, he told me about a garden. Now, I don't tell everybody this because they think you're crazy, you know. But, but he told me about a garden that's way back over here on the other side of the country. And he took me over. I was a pretty good-sized boy. I was about 75 or something like that. And he took me over and he told me about that garden. And he said, you know, I, I believe you, old rascal. He said, boy, he just, he was convinced. And uh, now, understand this old man that told me, he talked to the man that was over there to start with. He's the first one in there, in fact. In fact, he said he didn't even have a mama. You ever heard of any such? That's the funniest thing I ever heard about, ain't it you? But now, Abraham, I want to tell you, he, that's exactly what he told me. Now, I remember it. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if you believe it or not, but. It is kind of overwhelming. And so they talk. And let me tell you something. Shem and Abraham lived together for 150 years before Shem died. That's quite a geography lesson. Quite a history lesson here. And so they talked about it for 150 years. After about 75 years, they're sitting out there on the stump. And Shem was telling him. <coughs> He's telling him about all this stuff. And he said, now, we, we, we didn't talk about this much. You know, me and, me and Methuselah didn't. We, well, it was around 100 years or so we talked about it. Wasn't long. <laughs> we just didn't. We had about 100 years together. But I hadn't forgotten none of it. And they sat out here on this stump talking. And he said, now, Abraham, let me tell you about, about it one more time. Abraham said, well, now, let me tell you something, Shem. <clears throat> I know. I mean, he told him all about the flood and stuff. He said, boy, that's something. Come through that flood, huh? Yeah, I, I saw the first rainbow. And you talked to the old man, talked to the old man that was the first one in that garden? Yeah, man. 
He said, my God, man, we're making history here anyway. Sure are. And Abraham got up the courage and he said, well, let me tell you something, Jim. He said, now, that's the funniest thing you ever saw in your life. He said, uh, I was praying, you know, I got all them gods. And I just, I got lots of gods. And he said, but the Jehovah God of heaven paid me a visit. And he said, now, I know you may not, Jim, but I believe it's just one God. And I want to tell you something else. This is funnier than that, that garden you're telling me about. He said, the Lord's got a hold of me somehow. And he said he was going to build a city for me. And he's going to make me a city. And you know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God, buddy. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know much about your garden, son, but I'm looking. Understand? I believe in one God. You got that down, buddy? Hallelujah. Now, I know you saw all that flood, and I know you saw that first rainbow, and I know you talked to Methuselah, but you have never talked to the God I've talked to about all of this. Hallelujah. And so Shem said, you know, that's funny. That's, that's interesting, Brother Abraham. <clears throat> so they hobnobbed around there and twiddled and spit and talked and raised goats and chickens or whatever. 150 years. You tired, Brother Whitey? A little. A little tired. We'll keep on. You, I'll let you sit down here. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Now, y'all got to imagine all this stuff. And not too much imagination here. And I'm, I'm giving you the facts. This is the years. This is the data. And they hobnobbed around there 150 years. <clears throat> talking about all this stuff. And Abraham said, man, that sounds just like the God that I believe in. He made a garden over there and he created a man. And he created a woman. Hallelujah. That God has come to visit me. And he's going to build me a city. Hallelujah. And so Abraham... After 150 years, he goes to the funeral of Shem, and, uh, and Shem dies, and, and, and he heard the story of the flood, and he had heard the story of the garden and all of that. And then Abraham hears the voice of God, and God says, I want you to get out of your country and kindred into the land that I'm going to call you to. Praise God. And so he runs into his nephew. His daddy's died. He said, Lot, I've heard from the Lord. I'm going to Canaan's land. Praise God. I don't know how it's all going to turn out, but I'm leaving this joint. Yeah. Amen. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Lot said, my grand Uncle Abraham, I'd like to go with you if you don't mind. Oh, boy, come on. Let's go. <coughs> now, I'm about to get to the end of this, this bundling business here. <coughs> and there's a walking long lot. He's just a little whippersnapper. He said, come over here, boy, and tell you something. He said, sit down here. He said, now, I know it sounds kind of strange. <coughs> but he said, I was, I talked to an old man. And me and him was buddies for 150 years. And this old man told me that he talked to another old man. And this old man was 900-something years old. And this old man had talked to another old man that said he was the first man. And he, he lived over in the garden, not very far from where we were raised at, back over in close to Babylon, down in there about where Saddam Hussein's bucking and snorting around, down, down that area somewhere. And uh, he said, he told me about a garden over there. And uh, he said, man, I'd like to go to it. But he said, I'm looking for a city. <clears throat> but he said, let me tell you about that garden. He said, the God that has revealed himself to me, he's Jehovah. And he's the creator. 
He made the whole world. And he put a garden over there and he put a man in it. And that's our kin folks. Do you know that lot? That's our kin That's our kin folks. That's our cousin about two times or three, four times removed. Lot said, Lot said, boy, I'd sure like to go over there. Well, come on. <coughs> so Lot, he's trotting around here with Abraham. And he says, now Lot, things get a little bad here, boy. <coughs> I wish the Lord would heal me of this cough. I don't smoke, but I'm coughing. Uh, he said, Lot, things kind of bad. He said, I, I, we need to go down to Egypt. And he'd been telling them all about this, this garden. He said, walk but we let's go down to Egypt. Things kind of tough here. We're going to go down to Zoar, down to Egypt. So he strikes out with Uncle Abraham. They take off. Come on, Lot. And uh, they're going off down to Egypt. Now, Egypt's a long ways from paradise. Study Egyptian culture. Study Egyptian gods. They had all kinds of gods, all kinds of sin. All of a sudden, Lot tapped Abraham on the shoulder and said, Hey, uncle, look at that billboard up there. Special K. He said, My God, you ever seen women look like that? And Lot, he went down there. His eyes was big. And he said, now, I'm going to get down here to America. Ain't no use me getting off down to Egypt. You wouldn't know what I was talking about. Lot, he's walking around. Now, he'd heard all this stuff about the Garden of Eden, but he's down in Egypt now. He's walking in, and he's looking. He said, hey, Uncle, hey, Uncle Abraham. Man, he said, look at this place. He said, man, look at them tall buildings. That's a, that's a, that's a casino over there. Um, I think they call this Kinder or something. <laughs> no, this is Egypt. I forgot. We down in Egypt. <laughs> and they got casinos down here. And Uncle Abraham, you see all the, uh, man, look at all them naked women. A burlesque show going on over there. And Lot says, boy, this would be a good place to do missionary work. <laughs> and they walking around, and uh, they going down the street, and they selling whiskey and beer, and uh, women's all painted up. They got idol gods. They got temples everywhere. <clears throat> they go down the road, and all of a sudden, the office racket you ever heard? Boy, they just be bumping and joking, jiving. Lot says, you see that? Oh, I, let's go in there. You want to go in there a few minutes? Oh, Lot, you stay out of there, boy. My God. Your mama will spank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, I know you think all that's crazy, but this is that that's America we're living in. I, stopped, I, I said this is Gina the other night. I stopped at a red light behind the fellow the other day, and I got tickled. I just sat there and watched him. And I don't know what he was listening to. May have been church. I don't know. But he was doing this. (laughs) 
I got so tickled, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> so she's looking at me like she's amazed. And here's Brother Lot. He's seeing all of this stuff. And he says, and Abraham says, Lot, this is not for us. This is the world. This is sin. This is ungodliness. Let me tell you something, son. <clears throat> we come, we're walking through this land, but we're not of this land. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We can't adopt its singing. We can't adopt its music. We can't live in Egypt. We can't stay here. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Do you understand that? And so Lot, come on, I'll be through with you in just a minute. And so here's Lot. Now he's got all of this stuff in his mind. He's heard for all of these years about the garden where the presence of God was at, where the glory of God was at, where the Lord revealed himself to Abraham. And he heard that wonderful voice to get out from among your people. He had heard that all of his lifetime. But now he's seen Egypt. He has seen the sin. He's seen the ungodliness. He's heard the sounds. He's felt the spirit of it. And so on the way back to Canaan's land, <clears throat> you know the story. They get, to, uh, they get to this place and their herdsmen get into it. And so he says, now Lot, you choose the direction that you want to go and I'll go the other direction. <clears throat> Lot gets up there and he looks around and he, and, he, and he saw, he looked down towards Sodom and Gomorrah and he said, Abraham, this is the funniest thing I've ever had happen to me in my lifetime. You see that spot down yonder? You know what that looks to me like? It looks like that garden you've been telling me about. Where the Lord's at. And where the presence of God is at. But I'll tell you what else it looks like. It looks just like it did in Egypt. We went into Zoar. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go down there. Because they got it all down there. And I'll see you, Uncle Abraham. Hallelujah. Now, are you still with me? Okay. Now understand, Lot has got all of this in his mind. And he heads down to Sodom. And on his way down the road, he says, Boy, now you just think about this. This looks just exactly like that garden that Adam told Methuselah about. Methuselah told Shem, and Shem told Uncle Abraham about it. Abraham's been telling me all of my life. It looks just exactly like that, the way I see it in my mind, Brother James. But it also looks like that wonderful worldly place that they called Egypt. But the wonderful thing about it is they've got it all in one package. And if I can just get down there, they've got it bundled together. And I can have the church, and I can have the world. I can have God, and I can have sin. All in one little package. I want to tell you something, brothers and sisters. The devil is a master at bundling today. He'd like to make us to believe that in this end time, that we can have the garden of the Lord, and we can have the land of Egypt. I've come to tell you, it is a lie of the devil. We've got to decide what we are pursuing and what we are and who we are in this generation of time. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, you can have it all in one box. You can have it all in one package. <clears throat> if you'll just come down here to where we're at, I want to tell you something. And you listen to this gray-headed preacher. 
And I'm not interested in doing as many count meetings as Brother Glass did. <clears throat> I'm interested in preaching the gospel today. Hallelujah. Now, I've told you a little story. I've got you to hear. But I want to tell you something. The very name of Sodom ought to have been a word that would have driven Lot the other direction. If that word itself defines the debauchery and the sin that the high court of America has put its stamp of approval on. I've come today to tell you that you cannot have perversion and righteousness in the same package. You just can't do it, sir. We've got to decide what do we want in this world and in this life. <coughs> Praise God. <coughs> I'm telling you, I've never seen a generation that wants to bundle it up and sell it to us all in one package. You can have the world, and you can have the church, and you can have sin, and you can have ungodliness, and you can have power, and you can have faith. You can have healing, but you can have hell in the same package. I, I've come to renounce that spirit. I've come to renounce that devil. I've come to tell you it will not work. We've got to get on God's side, or we've got to get on Baal's side. <coughs> Hallelujah. <coughs> now, come on, Sister Lot. Come on. Yeah, you Sister Lot now. <coughs> They're headed down the road. <coughs> and Lot, he's just... He's got an Egyptian jig. And he said, just think, Mama, when we get down yonder, we can have Egypt and the Garden of the Lord all in one package. Oh, Isn't this exciting? What you girls think about this? My, my, my. I just can't wait. Let's get going. You youngins, come on and shut your mouth. <coughs> We're going to have a time when we get down yonder. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that old aggravate woman <coughs> by the name of Sister Lot. Hallelujah. An old sister testifying, Gina, not long ago, she'd come by from California. She looked at everybody and she said, Folks, Said old lady Lot to make it would have made it. She had to look back. <laughs> so old lady Lot was right along with him, and she said, "Now, Daddy, you know we got these youngins here, and we've been trying to raise them right in that kind of high pitched whiny voice. <laughs> and I can't mock a woman. Now I can mock a lot of things, but not a woman." <coughs> and she said, "Now, Daddy." You've been telling me about that city that Abraham told you about, and I thought we was looking for that. And you've been telling me about that garden that them old men told Uncle Abraham about, and you said me and you and them youngins go in that city. And she said, you reckon we ought to go down there? Oh, Mama, my God, you're just out of step with the times. You're just getting a little old-fashioned yourself with that bun on the back of your head like that. And... Uh, I'm going to tell you what, honey, you're going to have to cut a little of that hair off if we're going to fit down yonder. You know, but it won't hurt nothing. You can still have the power. Hallelujah. You know, it's just, I'm telling you, honey, it's just like the Garden of the Lord. It's just like going back to Eden. It's just right there in the presence of God. You don't have to have all that hair anyway. And it's giving you headaches, I think. And you're liable to get it in the washing machine ringer or something and, and pull your eyeballs loose or something and... Baby, I'll just tell you, I'd just rather be seen with you in something besides that long hair. 
Well, all right, baby. But what are we going to do about the young'uns? Oh, don't worry about the young'uns. They, they can wear bangs and sing in the choir down there. It won't hurt nothing. Man, they just, they just got it all. I'm telling you, baby. Ooh. Mm. They got one of them churches. Oh, you ain't never heard no such music in your life. It sounds like angels and it sounds like Egypt all mixed up together. I just, I can't, I can't really tell you. It's, it, I can't understand it, but it's good. And I know you'll need some earplugs, but it's going to be marvelous. We can just have it all, honey. Now, don't you get upset about yourself and them young'uns. And, and, and we're just going to get with the times. You know, we've been a little old-fashioned, Uncle Abraham. He's been telling us about all this junk. But you know, that garden's way off down the road, you know. And, and this is 2003. And, you know, I'm kind of thinking about getting me some cutoffs. And I've been wanting to wear one of them gold chains a long time. And I'd like to have a, some rings on in my ears and I start to say on my fingers and somewhere too and uh, I, I just boy I tell you we can just get out there and talk in tongues and we can shout baby I'm telling you and the kids we can get them a television and they can watch the movies and mm, mm, I feel it coming on brother hallelujah now mama now you got to understand, we're getting it all in one package down there. Now we, we're going to have the world, we're going to have the church, we're going to have power, but we're going to have a good time too. <laughs> Hallelujah. We can gamble a little bit, we can shout a little bit. Praise God. Some of you like to say amen, but you're scared to. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh, the devil says, I'm going to package it all up for you, Sister Lot, and you can just have everything you want in this life. Praise God. And we can enjoy all of it. I've come to tell you, the devil is a liar. The devil is cheating us today. Hallelujah. Come on, Mama. Hallelujah. You know, I hadn't left the Bible yet. But if I have, I'm still in the manual. You know, I'm as happy as a dead pig in sunshine. <laughs> I don't know how happy that is, but I've heard that all my life. Now, y'all don't get in a bind. I'm just preaching okay. And on top of that, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> and I can't preach much when I'm hungry. So I'm fixing to check out of here in a minute. <laughs> so y'all hold on. It ain't bad. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Praise God. You know, I kind of always dreamed about this. Getting in one of them good churches where they got all that power. They prophesy. See vision. Tell you what your social security number is. What your dog's name is. If you got a tumor, they'll cut it out with a <laughs> If you need any money, just send me a hundred dollars and you'll have more than you can spend from now on. Baby, we fixing to get in something, you know. These, <laughs> these young'uns. Now you just think these young'uns go in school wearing them dresses. You know, they need to get them some shorts. 
and some slacks. You know, it gets cold in the winter, and they allowed to catch a pneumonia. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Come on, Mama. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, they taught us not to dress out in school, whatever that means. They taught you that. Was you raised in one of them kind of churches? Oh, well, hallelujah. Big church. That's a good church, ain't it? Best kind of church. Uh, when I got the Holy Ghost, I went to school. I might have told you about this. I'll tell you again. You need to know it one more time. <laughs> I went to school after I got the Holy Ghost. And the coach, he said, Anybody here, your religion's against dressing out, stand up. I stood up. He said, What's your name? He said, I said, I'm Crawford Coon. He said, you go to the office. You're not going to pass this class. And I looked over and Charlie Hudnall stood up. Charlie Hudnall belonged to, I think he belonged to Nebo Baptist. I don't know what he belonged to, but anyway. And I'm not down on Nebo Baptist. They're down in Nebo. But anyway, Charlie stood up. Well, I knew Charlie probably didn't. He didn't have no Holy Ghost. And so the coach said, Who are you, son? He said, I'm Charlie Hudnall. He said, Is it against your religion to dress out? He said, No. He said, Well, how come you're not going to dress out? And he's weighed about 100 pounds, maybe 98. He said, I don't want nobody to see my little skinny bones the reason I ain't dressing now. <laughs> he said, You go to the office, you're going to fail. <laughs> so me and Charlie went to the office. But he said, now, Mama, if kids ain't dress out in school, and you just think all them good programs, we'll get us a satellite, and we'll rent us some videos. You know, we've been having a little marriage problems, and if we could get us one of them good videos on marriage and sex, it'd help us, don't you think? Hallelujah. You know... Preacher down there, he don't think he's much wrong with it. Boys, I'm telling you, I believe it's the best church we ever been in. Boy, I'm telling you, we just run and scream and jump on Sunday night. We just have us a time. Hallelujah. I'll be through in a minute. I'm getting hungry. And I don't care about doing 50 camp meetings. <coughs> and so, Sister, Sister Lot... Tapped him on the shoulder. I'm, I got a little head up. Come on. Come on. You ain't learning fast enough, bro. So she ta tapped him on the shoulder. Tapped me on the shoulder. Tapped me on the shoulder. Tapped me on the shoulder. And she said, Daddy, 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 just a minute. I just thought of something. Now what is it this time? Aggravating. I'll tell you something, woman. Adam told Methuselah. Methuselah told Shem. Shem told Abraham that your kind was terribly aggravating. So what do you want? Huh? What do you want? And she said, well, Daddy, now Abraham, he always told us it's just one God. What are we going to do down there? Oh, now, baby, just a minute. They, they, got, they got two or three gods down there. I think Benny Hinn's got nine. <laughs> He says it's three and all three of the three. Right. And I don't know. I don't ever listen to Brother Benny. But anyway, uh, let me tell you something, honey. 
Now, we, I know we was raised one God, but I, I want to tell you something. I've been praying about that, and I got this revelation. That's just a bunch of semantics. You know, them old preachers, never, most of them didn't go to Bible school. You know? And some of them didn't even finish high school. And what of them did, that's kind of goofy anyway. And, and they, they preached that stuff. They, they just preached as one God. They preached His name was Jesus. And that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. And, and, and I'll tell you, baby, it's just a bunch of semantics now. You know, the Assembly of God believes what we believe. And the Jehovah Witness believes what we believe. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's just, I, I tell you what, we're going to have to start fellowshipping everybody. Now, we just can't oh, yeah. be exclusionary, and we can't be this elitist bunch, you know. We ain't going to never win nobody to God if we just walk around here with this one God banner stuck up on us. Now, we've got to give a little bit somewhere, and we'll have some prayer meetings over at the house, and we'll drink a little wine together with them people, and there is no, I ain't no telling how many people we're going to pray through the Holy Ghost. And all these wonderful homosexuals down here, you know they got the sweetest spirit, had not they, brother? Oh... They are so sweet. Have you noticed that, baby? You gotta love them all. Oh, you gotta love everybody now. You can't get none of this hatred in your heart, honey. And just think, it's like the garden of the Lord, and it's just like Egypt also. Hallelujah. Boy, y'all getting quiet, and I'm preaching awful good. Oh, I'm doing so good. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, he's doing good for me. Amen. Thank you, Brother Whitehead. I'm getting hungry. I'm telling you. My God, i got to quit here in a minute. But does anybody, does anybody get the message? <laughs> does anybody hear what I'm saying? Does anybody hear this message of truth today? I'm telling you, brother, I am a Jesus name. One God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holiness, believing, righteous, living, Jesus name preacher in this generation of time. Hallelujah. I've come to tell you, I'm not interested in this world. I'm not interested in sin. I'm not interested in mixing it all up together. Hallelujah. I want the things of the Almighty God. Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Brother, you know I love everybody, and I'm serious about that. I've got friends in every denominational church in Gina, and uh, I'd preach for any of them if they'd let me. Hallelujah. I ain't going to hop and hop around with them. And I imagine one of these sermons would kind of... In my revival, but anyway, <laughs> I'm not preaching in one of them churches. I'm preaching to you. You're supposed to have the Holy Ghost. You're supposed to be different. What I'm preaching ought to not bother you, Brother Pounders. Praise God. It ought to not bother anybody in this building. I'm telling you, folks, I'm for the men being men, and I'm for the women being women. I'm for the men marrying the woman. Hallelujah. I'm for one God. I'm for Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's not a matter of semantics. It's not a matter that we've been confused and we've been led astray by a bunch of old idiots whose pictures hanging over there on that wall. I'm telling you, we have had apostles and prophets and men of God in this district. We have had leadership and we're not going to sell out to the world. Hallelujah. I'm not forgiving the devil a dime. 
praise God. I'm for drawing the line in the sand and saying this is where we're going to stand at. Praise God. Understand something, ladies and gentlemen, and no reflection. I love these men. I'm not a, I used to be, but I'm not a 18-year-old evangelist. I've been pastoring 40 years. I'm 62 years old. I'm a grandpa. I've got three grandkids. I want to tell you something. It's going to take the same gospel to save them that it took to save us, Brother Mangan. Brother, it's got to be water baptism in Jesus' name. It's got to be the Holy Ghost. It's got to be holy living. Praise God. Oh, brother, listen. Come on, let's make the message clear. I'm not talking about being mean and sarcastic and running everybody out of the church and condemning all the new converts. I'm talking about taking a stand. I'm talking about good sense. I'm talking about separation from the world. I would to God that when my grandkids, when they walk on this campground 50 years from now, if the Lord carries, uh, I want it to be a shouting, one God, tongue-talking, apostolic, holiness, believing, campgrounded by old God. Praise God, praise God. And I believe, I believe, Bishop, that you're going to help us to do it. You said you was, and I believe. Praise Brother Barnes, I've been listening to you all my life, and you brought us this far. You've been one of the greatest men in my life. I've heard you since I was a little boy. And you walk with God. You've heard the voice of God. But you've had good sense with it. You hadn't gone crazy as a bat. I want to thank you for keeping your head on straight. There ain't many people do, you know. Brother Hal, when your hair is as white as mine, I want you to preach this sermon again. Are you going to forget it? You beat Special K every morning till your hair gets white as mine and you'll preach like this. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't preach like this all the time, but when I feel like it, I just don't know anything to do but preach. Praise God. And when you get a fire burning in your bones, it doesn't matter who believes it, likes it, whatever happens, you're going to preach the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. I've been like, tell my, I'd like to have a motel in the wilderness and not many customers every once in a while. But there's a fire shut up in my bones. I want to preach. Praise God. I want to sing again. I want to shout again. Hallelujah. I want to have revival again. I got dozens of illustrations. But you hear me, folks? We're not going to reach this world by being like them, looking like them, acting like them, singing like them, going where they go. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I know you think that I'm an old fogey, and I'm out of touch with the times, but I ain't that bad off. 
I could buy me a convertible. There ain't nothing wrong with that. And I could get me a fro put in my hair. And I could put a ring in each ear and one in my tongue. But I'm smarter than that. Hallelujah. Amen. It'd be nice if that's the only place they put them. But they put them other places and they got to wear clothes to show you where they're at. <laughs> that's right. My Lord. Amen. I couldn't eat special cake all that mess on my tongue. That's truth. Are y'all listening to me today? Praise God. Praise God. Oh, God. You know, I'm, I'm as happy as a dead pig in the sunshine. And I, I, I don't know. Y'all have to judge this. I don't think I'm mad. And I don't think I got a bad spirit. And I don't think I'm mean. I love you and I'll pray for you. I got a million miles of patience with anybody that wants to come to God. But if you want to drag me down to where Egypt and the garden meets, I'm not interested. Take this whole world and give me Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I believe we love this message. And I want to give you something in closing today. I want to say to every saint in this building, First of all, I want to say to every preacher in this building, and I'm not a, in a position of authority. I'm a visiting guest, and I know my place. And I want you to understand that. And I'm not taking any undue authority, but as a fellow brother, I want to encourage every official. I want to encourage our bishop. I want to encourage our board members. I want to encourage every pastor. If you have got one or you've got 5,000, I want to encourage you. Preach like you've never preached before. Stand for the apostolic message. Don't back up. Don't be afraid. Preach with authority. Preach with the anointing. I love you. I'm behind you. I want to say to every saint in this building, you need to get off of your preacher's back. Amen. When he preaches holiness, you better not make fun of him on the way to the house. You better quit criticizing him to your kids. When he tells you to do something, by the grace of God, you ought to be doing it. When he tells you to get rid of something, you ought to be making haste to get rid of it. When he tells you to keep it out, you ought to build a barrier to keep it out. Hey, quit rebelling against your pastor. Quit running around till you find a church that suits you. You settle down. You live for God. You pay your tithes. You get in behind it. And say, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to raise my family right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to take my special K woman and go to the house. Thank you, Brother Kenny. <laughs>